Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Joe. 5.60, the Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best you've heard here on 5.60 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a feel-good Friday. Nope, not cracking open the beers yet, but feeling good with some reggae music throughout to make you say irie as you go into the weekend. Plus, we've got the Joe Rose Show catching up with Big Mike Golick, as opposed to Lil Mike Golick, who is Mike Golick Jr., talking football, and then Greeny, talking to my cousin, Marcus Spears, we went to college together, we're both from Louisiana, that's about the only similarities we have, and nonetheless, they're going to tell LSU stories and assess the Super Bowl, finally, Hawk and Crowder are going to give you some heat, bringing the heat, with John Crotty, right now, I'm bringing you the headlines, so open wide. Ryan Fitzpatrick has advised Tua Tagovailoa to block out criticism and trade rumors. He believes Tua is Miami's quarterback of the future and will have a big second season. The NBA and NBA PA are finalizing an agreement for an all-star event March 7th in Atlanta. The one-day extravaganza is said to have an East-West game and skills challenge. Avery Bradley could miss a month of action after injuring his calf in a Wednesday loss to Washington. The Heat Wizards play again tonight at 8. The Panthers fell to the Predators last night 6-5, but it was in overtime, so Florida did gain one point in the standings. The two play again tonight at 7. Raiders coach John Gruden says a team will have to give up seven first-round draft picks to get quarterback Deshaun Watson. Watson remains unhappy with the Texans organization. And now, after a long week, you've earned it. Let's take a step into the day spa. <sighs> Football fans are expected to eat 20 million pounds of cheese during this weekend's Super Bowl. Clear the bathrooms! A drunk woman in a pink bikini recently led Southern California police on a low-speed chase throughout the city. My hot mess of the day. A wallet lost in Antarctica some 53 years ago has been returned to its owner. Try explaining that one to your wife. The other morning, a man discovered that his parked car had been dented by another car, and the driver left a note apologizing, plus a box of Ritz crackers. Well, at least he didn't leave empty-handed. Never leaving you empty-handed, the Joe Rose Show, weekday mornings from 6 to 10. Joe Rose's been doing it, doing it, and doing it well, and so has Mike Golick for years. He has been a legend in the game, those two. They met up this morning, talking about his Reggie White, the best of all time when it comes to pass rushing. Mahomes O-line, oh my! Ever see a Brady-like player again in the NFL? I don't know. They do some Tua talk, and what is Watson worth? 
Mike, I want to ask you this before we start with all the football stuff. Do you still wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning, or are you sleeping in a little bit later these days? <laughs> that took about a month where okay. I would still wake up at about 4.15. Now I get up at about 7.15, 7.30, and this, this, it's amazing. It's bright out. There's this bright orb in the sky <laughs> that I never knew existed when I woke up. Mike, that run, Mike, is unbelievable. 22-year run, not just doing – the radio, you're on TV, and we used to see you in the morning. I mean, I feel like you've been part of our life here uh, on our monitors in the morning. Like, like, do you ever forget? Did you ever forget you're on TV and, and like, when you're going to break? Do you ever get caught in one of those moments? I don't think I could do it. Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I never – because we always wanted to make it radio on TV, so I never even looked at the cameras. I There are times I forgot we were on TV and didn't realize we were on TV, but we are on TV. They just shot it around a radio show. But, no, you know, I mean, it's one of those things like anything else. You know, we live, you know, you play ball, you live a life of an itinerary. You're supposed to get up at a certain time, (laughs) be somewhere at a certain time. This was just my itinerary for (laughs) 20-some years, getting up at 4.15. I just had to do it, so I did it. Oh, man, that, that's great, Mike, and it is great to have you on the show here. Hey, uh, Mike, a lot of, lot of stuff. We, we uh, recently had, uh, we, we had a pass rusher on, and so we all started yapping about great pass rushers, and you play with Reggie White in Philadelphia. I never asked you this. Uh, I forgot he was 290, almost 300 pounds. Is he the greatest pass rusher? I mean, they come in all different sizes and shapes, but on third and eight, is he the best pass rusher of all time? I think so. And by the way, he was 6'6", 315. Oh. And, I, and, I, and, at, and at, at that size, I watched him run a 4'6", 40. Uh, so, and wow. he basically bench-pressed, squatted, and power-cleaned with a lot of weight. And so he had great strength to go with leverage. Now, I, I think he's the best because he could do it anywhere on the line. You know, he lined up over the guard, over the tackle, over the center. It didn't matter. He could line up anywhere, uh, right side, left side. It didn't matter. Um, so, and I'm, I'm probably biased because certainly LT has to be, you know, in that conversation. I know Bill Belichick says that's the greatest guy he's ever coached. Again, he coached him. He didn't coach Reggie. So you don't know where bias comes into it. And you wonder if at the end of his career, is Aaron Donald going to put himself in that, in the elite names of a Reggie, you know, and a, and a Lawrence Taylor, the way he's playing right now. But Reggie was the most freakish thing for his size that, that I've seen guys do. Well, Mike, that's a good transition because speaking of pass rushers, Pat Mahomes, we know, is kind of Superman at this point and puts up big numbers and a lot of points every single game. What's going to happen this week when he goes against that Tampa Bay defense who's been rushing the passer very well and missing a right and left tackle starting from the beginning of the year? What's going to be that situation there? Yeah, I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on, like will Kansas City help? You saw against Green Bay with Bakhtiari out, they got a new left tackle, the right tackle got dealt on, both those outside guys got dealt on the entire game, and Green Bay didn't help. Their offense didn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't help. They say, you, you got to block, this is our scheme which can be ridiculous when you're getting that quick a pressure on Aaron Rodgers. If they're able, you know, Remmers goes from right tackle to left tackle, Wiley right guard to right tackle, Wisniewski comes into right guard, so it's a three-personnel switch. So, yeah, and the way that uh, Tampa defense has been playing, the monster linebackers, Vita Vita pushing the pocket up the middle, um, they, you know, I would think if they're getting good rush straight on that you're going to see Kansas City adjust and have to chip with a backer, with a tight end, because you just can't let your guys get beat that quickly like what was happening in Green Bay. Ever going to see anything like what Tom Brady's done, going to another Super Bowl, and, um, and, and he, hey, he may not be done. Ever see it again? I, I don't know how. I mean, to, to sit here, 
you know, and, 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 I, and I hated to do it when people would ask me, well, in 10 years, will we be saying the same thing about Pat Mahomes? I'm like, no, Tom's been playing 21 years. You know, Pat, Pat is the best quarterback in the league right now. But Pat is in his infancy compared to Tom Brady. And what Tom Brady, you could split his career in half, and he would have two separate Hall of Fame careers, his first 10 years and his last 11 years. If he wins this Super Bowl, it's more than any other franchise has won as a franchise. So to to sit here and say who's the next one to do it, I would say, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen again. I I have no idea. And I know everybody looks at Pat Mahomes and says he may be the guy. Well, he's on a great team. He is a great quarterback. But they have a long, 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 long way to go before they reach the heights of what Tom Brady has done. Mike, you want to jump into our world a little bit for just a second? Talk about Tua Tungavailoa. And uh, I'm just – Curious, you got to Sam. You've talked about him as well at Alabama and now with the Dolphins. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. You know, you guys just go into the two the two offensive coordinator system. At least it was hired from, you know, within with what was it, Studsville and Godsey. Yeah. So you know, at least, so at least at least the 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 system will stay the same. Obviously, the guys will have the, the differences of game planning and such. So that'll be interesting how it works. Third change in three years, that's not the greatest thing in the world. Tua needs some continuity. I like Tua coming out of college, no doubt about it. I'd see, I would imagine to be even more RPOs going because of his ability to take off if he has to. I do like him because I know everybody says, well, do you do that? Do you trade for Deshaun Watson? Listen, there's only a couple of teams that Deshaun Watson – couldn't be on and should be traded for. But you have to decide, is the guy you have, do you think you can build him enough, and do you want to give up all those assets you'd have to get up to get to get the shot? You know what, I, I, I think, too, we saw some. I think it was like it's questionable when you pull a guy out. You, you, you st- I didn't understand when they started him, quite honestly. I thought Fitzpatrick was playing well, why they made that move. And then you make a couple of moves where you pull him out of games I was like, man, if you're going to go down that road, go down that road. You know, let them learn. So I wasn't all that keen on how they handled it, but I, I, I'm. It looks because they hired from within with the coordinators. It looks like they're going to go down that road, and and let's see. This should this should be a big learning year for him and a big improvement year for him. All right. Well, Deshaun Watson looks like it's you know he's going to be moved out of Houston, or or at least that's what the thought process is. What is Deshaun Watson worth to a team right now? What's too much to give up for a guy like that who possibly, in some people's minds, could be a top three, top five quarterback in this league right now? Franchise quarterback, 25 years old, you're the GM of a team. What do you give up for him if they're asking for, you know, your house and your kids? And Like, what, what, what do you do here? Well, you know it's at least three first-rounders, so you right. have to be ready to part with that. So once you're there, what is it, you know – unless they just start piling bricks on the scale after that, you know, what does it matter? I mean, if, if you're, if you're willing to, let me put it this way. If anybody is willing to say, yes, we are going to make a legitimate run at Deshaun Watson, then you're not really worried about what you're going to give up because you know, it's going to cost you a fortune in assets, either flipping players, if it's quarterbacks and the three first rounders. And then, you know, there'll be some arbitrary things thrown in there as well. But the big thing is it's going to be three first-rounders. Look what Stafford went for on, on the flip of two for two first-pick quarterbacks in Goff and Stafford. So you have to know if you're – if you you don't – let me put it this way. You're not dipping a toe into that. No. You are diving into the deep end. If, you, if you're going to call Houston, you better call Houston and, and unload the, the, the draft pick brings truck. Mike, have you been surprised by all this quarterback talk and all of a sudden looks like half the league's looking for a 
franchise quarterback. I don't know if I've seen anything like this. Are we that short on quality quarterbacks right now? It's either that or the building of quarterbacks. You know, in L.A., if they wanted to get rid of golf, you got a ready team right now. You don't want to bring in a young guy. you got the Colts who tried it with Phillip Rivers. You have a ready team there right now, so you don't want to bring in a young guy. So that's why you start, I think, to see the veterans flip around. Unless you're going, unless it's a guy going to a team that's bad and needs to rebuild, they want to get a veteran quarterback in there to keep going. You know, you don't want to say, oh, God, we have – we have a good running game. We got good receivers. You know, we have a really good defense. We don't want to. We don't want to stop and take a breath and have to bring a young quarterback along. We want to bring a veteran. So I think that's what we're seeing in some of these situations now. Mike, everyone likes to have a big Super Bowl party, lots of food. Everyone likes to have a little bit of uh, action on the game as well. You got something really cool going on uh, for the game on Sunday. Super Bowl squares at supersquares.com. Uh, tell people about this. Everyone loves doing the squares for the Super Bowl, but this is an interesting way how to do it. Yeah, this is this is very interesting. It's it's really the modern way. You know, the old paper squares game. You pick a couple numbers and God <laughs> right. for, or squares, and God forbid you don't get a five and a nine, or you might as well not even watch. <laughs> win. So, so we've we've all done that. So this is this is you know that was paper, and this is an app. This is what we go to now. You go to supersquares.com, and like you said, you download the app. And you can play super scores, but it's even more. You're going to make actually three predictions on the game and get a point value on how close you are to those predictions. You're going to get asked two questions about two advertisements with it while you're setting up the game. And you get points for answering the questions right about the commercials, and you're going to need those points. And then you pick one square, but that one score turns into four different combinations. So your numbers change each quarter so you don't get stuck with bad numbers. So and, and there's over $2 million in cash and prizes up for grabs. Again, it's free to, 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 to do this. Someone's going to win an $80,000 Rivian electric SUV. Even if you like playing in your groups, you can do it on the app. It's called a Skybox. You can make your own group on a Skybox. Just have your own people in there and do your own prizes. But your score in your Skybox still counts on the national level. So you can win prizes there as well. So it's pretty cool. I'll have a Skybox. My password is Golic, G-O-L-I-C. Jump in my Skybox. If you win my Skybox, I'm going to have a great prize for you as well. It's just a cool thing. You know, it's just the modern technology of the Squares game. Download the app. It'll take you about three minutes. You can do it now. The game is ready to go for the Super Bowl. So just, just have at it. Take you about three minutes and then kick back and, and see your points add up. Supersquares.com is the website, Super Bowl Squares. Make sure you use the passcode Golic to crash his skybox and win some money over $2 million uh, up for grabs this Sunday. Mike, thank you very much. Thanks, for the time. Mike. Really appreciate, appreciate it, man. Buddy. Thank you. Oh, good talking to you guys. Y'all take care. After hearing that, I am so ready for the Super Bowl. Let's get it Oh, and Marcus, who was the pride of LSU, we had an, a pick six last time LSU won the national championship. We're down there and LSU was getting set to play. Uh, it was Clemson for the title that year. And Marcus was a huge part, as he remains, of get up. And we're down there and we're in the hotel lobby and we're all getting ready to go over to the set to do our show on the morning of the game. I'm pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs. I like Mahomes. I like those guys. And I'm also from New Orleans, so I do not like Tampa Bay. They are in our division. Let's go Chiefs, let's go Chiefs, let's go to Greeny. Greeny telling stories about Marcus Spears. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't on that yak. We'll find out next, plus some reggae music, because it's a feel-good Friday here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind.
Welcome back to 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and you can hear by the music. It is a feel-good Friday. My favorite song from my favorite reggae artist, Dennis Brown, Westbound Train. Take that train to your weekend. Oh, the weekend going to be performing Super Bowl halftime show, so it's a big weekend around here. It's always big time with Greeny from 10 to noon right here on 560 The Joe. Mike Greenberg, he's friends with Marcus Spears. So am I. We went to school together. We took mass comm classes together. We're both from Louisiana. That's about it. Those similarities in there. Nonetheless, they're going to be telling some LSU stories. I'm excited to hear this one. Also, Marcus Spears is going to be assessing the Super Bowl and on that yak. Hello again, Marcus Spears. Gee, what's up, brother? Well, I'm good, and you're down there, and we're getting ready for this. And here, here's what I really would like Gee, to do. Gee, hold on, yeah, hold on. Let me ask you a question, man. Yes. I'm having a, I'm having a little crisis. Tell me, how do I cut the back of my cigar, and I don't have a cigar cutter? There are a lot of ways to do it. You're asking me, cut the back of your cigar. I mean, you can use just a, a knife, a pair of scissors, just a knife. Yeah. Okay. Just a regular right. knife. You can knife. do it. A okay. pair of scissors. It's just it's just like cutting things. Um, I, I've well, you seen know, people. I'm on the road. I don't have them tools available to me, so I just needed to figure out how to do it. You strike me as the okay. kind of person who would just bite off the end of the cigar, Marcus, knowing you as I do. Gee, that's what I did. <laughs> how about that? See, I got it right. Uh, particularly when perhaps that might be a way of doing that when one is on that yak. On that yak, baby. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. All right, let's go, man. <laughs> I love that story, by the way. Let's just tell that story for a moment. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. We're in New Story. I keep talking over these things. <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story. We're down at the, Super, at, the, uh, at the college championship game last year. And Marcus, who was the pride of LSU, we had an, a pick six last time LSU won the national championship. We're down there, and LSU was getting set to play. Uh, it was Clemson for the title that year. And Marcus was a huge part, as he remains, of Get Up. And we're down there, and we're in the hotel lobby, and we're all getting ready to go over to the set to do our show on the morning of the game. And bear in mind, we've got, you know, it's an hour earlier there. So we're, we're all being picked up. It's 5 a.m. And Marcus is a tad late. And he gets out of the elevator, and he looks a little raggedy. And I said, are we doing yeah. all right, Marcus? And he said to me, Greeny, I'm, I was on that yak last night. <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant. Honestly, I thought it meant, I'll tell you the truth now. I don't think I, I admitted this to you then. I thought it meant that you had drank so much you threw up, and thus it, some people refer to that as yakking. And so that's what it's I thought yakking. it meant when you said yeah. on that yak. No, gee, where we from? We don't throw up, bro. We hold <laughs> that liquor. It gets our it gets our brain and our blood, but we ain't throwing nothing up where I'm from. I, I got you, and 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 that's one of the many reasons why you're you and I'm me. All right, now let's now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get down to business here. Okay, you were a defensive lineman. You understand the way those guys want to wreck the game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive front wants to ruin this game, and they get to do it against a banged-up Kansas City offensive line. How does that play out Sunday night from both sides? Gee, you know you've heard me talk so much about the ability to rush forward and keep seven in coverage, and there is not a team in the NFL where there's more, that's more important as a defense as, as to when you play in the Kansas City Chiefs. We know you have to have the ability to dedicate seven guys in the coverage. And we also know the last time that uh, the Kansas City Chiefs lost, it was 28 pressures by the Las Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. with a four-man rush. They did not have to commit to trying to pressure Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes has been as good – um, facing pressure as most quarterbacks in the league have been with clean pockets right. and time to throw the football. So 
it, it's right, right? And and then I know just from, from playing in this league for nine years and a defensive lineman's mentality, especially when you have pass rushers like Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, obviously, getting Vita Vea back at Dominican Sue, Golston, like, they have a committee. They ha- they do it by committee. They play well together. And this game in particular for them is not just about winning their one-on-one matchups. It's also about understanding how to cover for each other, right? A guy vacates the area. Let- let's, for example, if JPT decides to take the underneath on the offensive tackle to try to get a sack, Vita Vail or Indomitian Sue, whatever inside guy is next to his side, needs to replace him because Patrick is mobile. And he's shown us, like, during this time of the year that he can be devastating in that regard. So they can absolutely take over this game if they find early that these guys can't block them in their one-on-one matchups. And then you get a level of of of, uh, of equalness when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs offense versus the Bucks defense. The issue you have, and, and, and talking about this Kansas City Chiefs offensive line, is that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy does such a tremendous job of taking really the O-line out of the plate, like not asking them to hold up for a long period of time in a pass route. Um, Mahomes, you know, the fear of him not only being mobile but, but gutting you down the field also makes guys a little bit apprehensive about just getting crazy about how they rush and all of that. We know about Tyreek and his jet sweep motion and Miko Hardman and also Travis Kelsey with quick releases and influencing defenses. So they, they still present challenges. And, look, the O-line thing is big, G. Don't get me wrong. But it's not as big as it would be because of all of the skill talent that the Kansas City Chiefs have um, on offense. But this D-line, if we walk away from this game and Tampa Bay has won it, it will be because this D-line dominated and they were able to get the Patrick Mahomes and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to keep seven guys in coverage, which you need against this juggernaut of an offense. Well, that, that's, that's, that's excellent insight there. Marcus Spears with me here. So let's go a little more. Let's do a little more sort of this is for the advanced class X's and O stuff. Hembo gave me a yep. stat. These teams played each other November 29th. In that game, mm-hmm. there were 17 passes that Mahomes threw that he got rid of within two seconds. He had thrown it within the first yeah. two seconds. He was 16 of 17 for 171 yards. So now you're the defense. Like, what do you do about that? How do you counter that? Because now it doesn't seem to make a difference who the offensive line is. Gee, knowing the dilemma that you have trying to cover Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, at some points in this game, Todd Bowles is going to have to say, hey, guys, I need you to hold up for a second and a half, two seconds, two and a half seconds. And just make Patrick Mahomes pull the ball down. Don't give Tyreek easy access situations. That may mean you need to bracket. You you need to keep a guy on the inside and allow Carlton Davis to play outside and kind of funnel him into another defender. Um, That means you may have to, you know, spend some extra um, capital that you have to bump uh, Travis Kelsey when he's coming off the end of the line of scrimmage or when you spread him out. You try to get a safety over there that can kind of stay with him initially, right? Like the longer the play, though, obviously you're going to have issues with Kansas City. Todd Bowles has to find ways where his secondary doesn't allow those fast access throws. Now, if we checking down to backs or if we throwing screens or if we just raising up, throwing the ball out to the perimeter and trying to create it that way, we're talking about something totally different where you have to rally and tackle. Right, and that's mm-hmm. that's even at a premium this game as far as getting guys on the ground. Um, but the bottom line is, there, there, you look, man, 
and you know me, G, I've talked to you about this for a long time. Defenses get in a groove when they start to dictate what the offense is going to do. What has made Kansas City so great is that they've never been in a situation where a defense dictated how they're going to run offense. And Andy Reid is going to be aggressive regardless of what the score is, behind, up, whatever. He's going to continue multiplicity, different formations, different sets, use Tyreek speed. He's going to do all of that. But in order to kind of stifle that, as hard as it is, like I'm not saying it like it's something that you can easily do. Mm. You're going to have to try to get up and get hands on Tyreek Hill or the receivers and Kelsey, and then you want to funnel them to another defensive player to either be in that window or just to take away a second or a half a second from Mahomes in order for your guys to get there. And this is the this is the, the definition that you've heard all of your time covering sports. The back end and the front has to be married. And sometimes it needs to be coverage sacks, and sometimes the defensive line needs to help those guys on the back end not have to cover for a long period of time. And that's the plan. But you have to take away quick, easy access throws and then hope that you get Patrick Mahomes to either hitch, pull the ball down, and try to find someone else. And by that time, if Shaq Barrett and, and, and Dominican Sue and Vita Vea and JPP or Ghostin, if he in there, if they not there by that time, they're going to lose the damn game anyway. <laughs> Marcus Spears with me here. One more thing for you, and I think this is interesting and instructive. I don't mean it in any sort of negative way, but I've got Hembo sitting with me here, and Hembo is yeah. one of the producers on Get Up, and one of their jobs is they will talk to guys like Marcus the day before the show and get insight into what their thoughts are going to be, and, Mar- and Hembo tells me that when you spoke to him on the phone yesterday, you told him, I'm taking the Buccaneers, and then this morning on television, yeah. you picked the Chiefs. So my question is, yeah. what made you change your mind? I thought about Kansas City's defense, G. You know, I fell into thinking of this game strictly from Tampa Bay's defense and how good they are versus both really good offenses, right? Like, these are two units that are very good. But Kansas City's defense, man, I cannot own how good they've been in the playoffs when it comes to situational football. Yes, they've given up points, but they've also taken the ball away. I watched Tom Brady throw three interceptions last week. I watched Tom Brady have problems when he had pressure up in his face. All of those things, and then coupled with the fact that Spags has played against Tom. I'm not talking – I don't care about the record, right? Every game is different. You put some validity into that, but these are different schemes, different times, different teams. But I don't think we have – I think – I don't want to say it in a way where, where analysts like myself here hasn't, like, given enough credit. It just seems like this Chiefs defense always answers, G. It feels like we get so enamored with talking about offense for the Chiefs and all of the things that they've done that we forget how good Tyron Matthew has been in the Mm -hmm. playoffs. Mm -hmm. We forget that Breland makes plays. He gets penalties. He gets PIs. But we also forget that he's a long, lanky corner, right? We forget that Thornhill came back and helped this team tremendously, and now they look like like the defense that they took down in the playoffs. So I just – you know, being enamored with what the Bucks have done defensively, it kind of just put the Kansas City Chiefs defense to the back for me. And then I had to remind myself, that's a unit with guys on that unit that are elite. I'm going to take Mahomes when I feel like his defense is going to play well enough to win a game. Hey, you behave yourself down there, okay? Enjoy it, and I will see you next week. I got you, my brother. Have a glass of yak for me. It's Friday. You're going home this week. Marcus Spears hitting the yak. 
Yes, indeed. And Greeny, probably not hitting the yak. He's a little more of a serious guy. But I don't know. Maybe he can party. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. I know Hawk and Crowder can party. Going up until very recently, last couple of games, they finally got everybody back. You know, uh, your top four guys, your you know, Jimmy Butler, who's been out. Going to be partying it up with Karate next, here on 560 The Joe Radio Rewind. Five sixty, the Joe Radio Rewind, running back some of the best you've heard here on Five Sixty over the past twenty-four hours. It is a feel-good Friday. I am Dan Day. You got the reggae playing in the background. You got me thinking about going and getting some beers and watching the Super Bowl and maybe looking at the chicas walking around Miami Beach. I'm getting a little too deep into my life right now, so I'm going to stop reminiscing and staring off into the sun and let you know. And it's always fun with the Hawk and Crowder Show weekdays from 2 to 6. Might not always be so much fun with the heat recently, but hey, no, no worries. No worries. They're going to get back to their winning ways because we've got culture. Hawk and Crowder talking to part of the culture. John Crotty talking about what's going on with the heat. Also, what's the difference from last year and this year? And he also touches on the All-Star game that may or may not be coming soon, but most likely is coming soon. The heat need John Crotty. Not as a broadcaster. <laughs> I mean, on the court. That picture we Again. just sent. We just sent on Twitter that picture right? of John on coming down the court, bro. He, he ripped, is cut up. He up. is cut up, man. John Crotty, longtime point guard in the NBA, one season with the uh, with the Heat. But you see him on Fox Sports Sun for all the Heat broadcasts. Him and Eric Reed do a great job on the telecast. We tweeted out in advance of you coming on with us a, a picture of you in that Heat uni. I mean, you must have spent your days in the in the weight room, Crotty. Look, dude, I'm posing right now, just you know, thinking about that that <laughs> photo right there. <laughs> bro, you look good, bro. Hey, man, you know. Yeah, they weren't. You, know, uh, you, you were got, when you're they weren't cut uh, in those days like you're cut right there. That that you you, you yeah, man. That's a lot of that. running, Hawk. That's a lot of running, man. You can't, you know, couldn't put enough calories into the body to keep up with uh, the metabolism. That that you know, when you're running like that, it's crazy. You still, uh, you still eat healthy and and where I mean, I know you're fit, but like, yeah. do you allow yourself yeah, to eat to. whatever you yeah, want absolutely. now that you don't play anymore? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I eat pretty well. I, I'm only about what do I weigh? Maybe five, eight pounds more than when I played. So I, I think my body naturally wanted to be a little heavier. But you're just, you're just, you know, such a long season and it's such a grind, and there's so much running involved that. The way I was built, it was just hard to, to keep weight on during the course of the season, which is, you know, a good problem to have versus the other the other spectrum, other side of the spectrum, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I know Crowder's going to mention I'm Zion I'm on the other Williamson. side of the spectrum, as, as you put it. And bro, you've only gained eight pounds? Goodness gracious. I'm like 30 pounds heavier than when I played. Well, you're all bulked up, man. You're freaking in the weight room every day. That's why, right? You got your power lifter. Power lifter no, I'm power lifting uh, wings right and now. beer. I do wings and beer. That's my workout. John Crowdy is with us. All right, what's going on with the uh, what's going on with the Heat, Crowdy? Because you know that game against Washington without Russell Westbrook that that was brutal. And I I still I don't know exactly which possession it was. It was within like the last two three minutes of the game. Was one of the worst possessions I've ever seen in the history of watching basketball. What's going on with this team right now? Yeah, it's, look, it's been frustrating and. I think a couple of things. First of all, I think the last time we spoke, and, and it's just it's going up until very recently, the last couple of games, they finally got everybody back. You know, uh, your top four guys, your you know Jimmy Butler, who's been out for an extended period of time with protocols. 
Um, Tyler Hero had neck issues. He had Bam out a bit earlier on, but he's been really the, the healthiest. And then Dragic, who's, who was out with a, with a groin. So those four guys are really your, your top players in terms of being able to create for others and themselves. And they make the game easier for everybody else. So it's good to finally get them back. What's been tough is the last couple of games, there's been some, you know, tough losses down the stretch. And, you know, that's the hardest thing to, from a chemistry perspective, is being able to execute under pressure in the fourth quarter, you know, making plays. And I think that'll come. What, what you know, what concerns me is, is the, the entire second half um, in the last game against the Wizards, who are a poor defensive team. Miami was just so out of sync. And what the Wizards did was they threw a combination of zone and man-to-man and matchup zone. And it was kind of hard to read, you know, what they were doing. So Miami's offense kind of never got into sync. I'm talking about in the second half. Um, and it was, it was, you know, cleverly played, particularly in the fourth quarter by the Wizards. I think we'll see the team make some adjustments tonight, but it's been a combination of turnovers, you know, poor offensive execution, not rebounding the ball well, um, and it's all those things make a difference. And our team in particular, if we don't make three-point shots, uh, there's a direct impact in the loss column too. So it's a lot of smaller things that when you put them all together, add up to a, a poor result. And along those lines of just, you know, the teams playing differently, you brought up zone and man, you know, mixing it up with the heat. Uh, Duncan Robinson said teams are defensively different this year. They're playing us differently defensively when he was asked about the three-point shooting woes right now. What's going on there? Because I, you know, Tyler, we have shooters, Tyler and Duncan, but we don't seem to be hitting the threes like we did in that run last season. Yeah, I mean, I I think with Duncan in particular, uh, Channing, they're really running him off the line. There is is a a high priority you know of defensive scheming going on in every game to take away Duncan Robinson's ability to impact the game and you know the the thing about a guy like Duncan is he can be you may not necessarily notice him on the floor and all of a sudden he can hit three shots right in a row it's nine points and the game changes completely right so that's what they worry about with a guy like Duncan. You know, my, my argument to some of this is, well, if they're so worried about Duncan and they're having to go all the way out beyond the arc to guard him, that typically means that there's more space to operate in the seams for the drivers like Jimmy, like Gorn in particular. Um, so there has to be, you know, you got to take advantage of that. But I, I do think the ball movement hasn't, hasn't been there, and a lot of it has to do with Jimmy's not hasn't been around to draw double teams. Um, and, and, the, and the entire you know, cast hasn't been together uh, like it has the last couple. What does a team do mentally after a loss like that? You played in the NBA for a long time. That's a game they were heavy favorites. Russell Westbrook's not playing. Now you lose that game. You get to tonight. Russell Westbrook is playing. You are mired in a terrible start to the season. Like, What can a team do mentally to break out of this? There's a couple schools of thought. Um, you know, if you're if it's a, if it's an anomaly and it's a, just a, a one-off situation where you have a bad game, you kind of file it, and just throw it away, and you move on to the next one. You know, the way the team's playing now, there's definitely things that Coach Folster focused on yesterday in practice, showing film, showing the different scenarios that they got to improve on. Some of the things I referred to, uh, particularly on the offensive end, there was some poor spacing where guys are. You know, two guys are close enough to one another where one defensive player can guard them. That allows uh, defensive players to cheat and, and maybe double team the ball. Um, lack of cutting and, and, and screening, um, I think, also helped uh, on the offensive end. And then taking care of the ball better, too. I mean, it's hard to practice to, to not turn the ball over, but you do that by practicing what I just said better uh, spacing, make the easy play. You don't have to make the 
the dramatic, spectacular play. So those are some of the takeaways. And then defensively, too, I thought defensive transition, uh, you know, meaning after you take your shot, you got to get, you got to sprint back and set your defense and match up. The Heat did not do a good job of that. Um, and, and the Wizards were able, able to score um, in transition. They had like 14, 15 points in transition um, that way. And that's something Miami can improve upon. So there's a lot of things that, that he's going to dig in on there. And, um, and you, you know, look, the way these, the season is now, guys, which is really, to me, I, I like it. You know, we have these series now, like baseball, where, you know, you're regularly playing teams twice. So it's kind of cool because it's got this playoff vibe, whereas typically you play the game, it's over, now you move on to the next team. You have a little bit of a revenge factor here. You can, you can you know, play a little bit harder to try to, to get a win after losing a game. And, and there's cool little adjustments that take place from one game to the next. And, John, uh, something I just heard, I was talking to LeBron, and LeBron was talking about the all-star game dilemma, and I'm sure, you know, we'll get into that in a second. But he brought up there was 71 days between the championship and then the season starting. And you look at, like, the injury report, you know, even for, for tonight with what's going on with the Heat. Do you – I don't want to make excuses. You know, we're, we're athletes. We, there's, you know, no excuses. Sure. Just go do your job. But with all these injuries and everything that's going on, do you think the quick turnaround has anything to do with the Heat struggles? You know, it's a, it's a valid question. I, I really don't because um, the injuries to me have been more safety protocol oriented, you know, versus – you know, a guy blowing out a knee or, or some sort of repetitive injury, you know, type situation. Um, you know, the injuries that have had happened to have been like maybe a guy getting hit, right? So I don't see that. And look, the two teams that have been impacted by that the most are the Lakers and, and, and the Heat. And the Lakers are, have, have been, you know, fairly healthy, right? They, it's really, you know, the, the safety protocols have really hurt Miami with, with losing guys like Jimmy out for three weeks. I mean, that's your star player, right? So that really hurts. Um, and, I mean, you know, if you look at – we were talking uh, two games ago when we played the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets were the last team we played before COVID stopped the league. That was March 11th. The last game that the Charlotte Hornets had played was March 11th of last year, meaning, you know, think about how long that's been since we played that team. It was, you know, almost a full year. That's crazy. That never happened. So a lot of the other teams have had more than enough rest. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't really – think that that's impacted um you know the injuries as much as just you know the overall not being in a bubble anymore and having to worry about the safety protocols of COVID what what do you think about the all-star game I mean as Crowder mentioned LeBron very vocal yesterday that you know he'll be there physically but not mentally and by the way I don't blame him like the Heat and the Lakers have played so recently I think De'Aaron Fox criticized it as well what do you think of it look I it's it's always been such a great whole weekend of celebration I like that the commissioner made it now like a, a six-day type break so the guys who actually do participate can then come back and get a, maybe a three-day, four-day layoff. To me, I, I understand what the, what the current players are saying just based upon, um, you know, what's going on in the world and, and um, why risk, you know, having anybody maybe get exposed. Um, and, and, you know, my understanding was when we started the year that it was going to be more about a break and a possible time to reschedule games that were canceled due to COVID, you know? So, um, you know, they're pivoting, they're trying to uh, finalize this thing. And look, it's a, it's another opportunity to keep the NBA brand out there and, and, and make money for the league, which, you know, as a player yet, here's that fine line. There's the reason why everyone's making the money they're making is because of these types of, you know, this type of exposure and the sponsorships and everything related. So look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be there. So, you know, 
if it helps if it helps the <laughs> league and it helps the players, I'm, I'm all good with it. It's the bottom line, but for me, Crotty on the call. I like that, Crotty on the call. He and Eric Reed do an absolutely wonderful job, and hopefully the Heat will do a wonderful job over these next coming games. I know they got the T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.